Amen. Well, God is good. Why don't we just glorify the Lord? He's so good. We love you, Jesus. Praise you. Magnify you, God. Exalt you. You are amazing. You're incredible. You're better to us than we are to us, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. But it's good to be here. Great to be back. I was here a couple years ago. You're doing a graduation service at that time. And uh, the church has certainly grown. And I've heard some great news as well about, uh, you know, uh, the advancement of the church building and that type thing. And that is fantastic. I do wish I could get Sister Waldron out here. Um, she flew over years ago uh, a tornado. We were in Denver and we were flying home and we uh, flew over a tornado and uh, you know turbulence it didn't bother me it was just like -da 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 -da. it bothered her so <laughs> she was like you know I think I'm done with flying so we don't know but uh be a long drive for her but it is an honor to be here with your wonderful pastor and his wife why don't we give them a great big hand amen it says give honor to those who labor in the word and doctrine The music was absolutely outstanding and uh, just great. And there was a mighty spirit of the Lord here, God moving. And I appreciated even the announcement, seeing, you know, I'm a pastor as well. It's like, man, they've got a lot going on here. They've got it set up. And uh, <laughs> that's always a good thing. And I do also, I appreciate uh, Brother Joel for driving me here today. We got here safely. Amen. Amen. So that's good. Great young man, great young man. But why don't we stand in honor to the Word of God? We'll get right into the Word of God. I want to talk to us on a simple yet profound subject, and it's Christ our all. Christ our all. And so we're going to start out in the book of Colossians, the third chapter of Colossians, verse number 9. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 9. Colossians is a prison epistle. It always fascinates me to read prison epistles and how uh, Paul stayed so lifted up in God, even while he was in prison. And, but I should expect that when he was in prison in Philippi, you know, they just worshiped God after a beating and earthquake came. So God can keep us even in very bad circumstances. That's one thing prison epistles tell us. So Colossians chapter three, verse number nine says this, lie not one to another, seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds and that's what we do as Christians we put off the old man and have put on the new man that's receiving the Holy Ghost born again experience which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him so God is all our creator you can't have any racism because God created us all amen verse number 11 where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision nor uncircumcision barbarian Scythian bond nor free but Christ is all Christ is all in all and it's talking about people who are saved Christ is everything and uh, he not only comes to give us life and that more abundantly here but then eternity we reign with him as kings and priests so why don't we just ask God to do everything he wants to do let's open our hearts to Jesus to receive the word of God God I glorify you I love you Jesus I am so honored I am so humbled for this opportunity to speak your mighty eternal word to this great group of people. 
God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and open all of our hearts, Jesus, our spiritual hearts, to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. God, open our eyes that we can behold wonderful things out of your word. God, I'm a poor instrument to make your holy word known. But God, in the name of Jesus, I do ask your strength and anointing. Let the yoke be destroyed by the anointing today. And God will just give you all the glory and honor and adoration and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. And I tell you what, the first song was all about clap our hands to Jesus. Why don't we do that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say, God is good, as you're seated. God is good. Amen. The book of Colossians is a fascinating book. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. As a matter of fact, there are 48 words in the book of Colossians that are mentioned nowhere else in Paul's epistles. And another thing that makes Colossians unique is there's 33 words mentioned nowhere else in the New Testament. So it is a unique book that God wrote through the Apostle Paul. Now, it's to a city, a church in uh, Colossae, which is basically western Turkey. It was a sister city to Hierapolis and the very famous church of Laodicea, you know, you run into in Revelation. But also, in the end of the book of Colossians, it talks about, you know, you read their epistle, let them read your epistle. Um, it was about 15 miles away, and it was at the foot of the tallest mountain in western Turkey. It's a very large mountain. It was on the Lycus River. And beginning about the 5th century B.C., it was just an amazing city. Now, by the time Paul is writing here, it had gone down some, but it did last till about 1190 to 1192 A.D. And a great earthquake has happened so often in that part of Turkey, destroyed it. They have found the ruins of Colossae in archaeology. And uh, it's about 1.9 miles or so uh, by the current city of Honaz. And so another couple fascinating things about Colossae. First of all, there was a group of Jews that were in that part of Turkey known as the Cisterians, spelling it with an S. And they were kind of a merged Judaism and... Uh, pagan worship. They worship Zeus and Jehovah, believe it or not. And so this is, most people feel, since the seven churches of Revelation were so close to Colossae, that that's who, when you read in the book of Revelation, those that say they're Jews and are not, that it's talking about the Cisterians, that these people that claim to be Jews but were also worshiping Zeus, that type thing. So you had that going on. And also you had a real strange angelic cult there. There was supposedly an apparition of the angel Michael that had appeared, and so they kind of almost worshipped Michael. Now, not the church didn't, but, you know, certain people did there in Colossae. So you've kind of got all that as a background, and that's the reason, you know, Paul keeps writing in Colossians about Jesus being better than angels type things. You know, he's implying that because he's confronting these different, uh, these things that are going on in Colossians. So Christ, are all, aren't you glad Jesus is your everything? You know, when this world falls, the American economy, you know, it's the strongest in the world, but it could fall. 
but Jesus will never fall. Amen. So if we trust in Jesus, he'll take us through every dark time, every storm. I'm glad we've got a friend that sticks closer to a brother, but not just that, that he's the God of glory. He can do something about it. So I'm thankful Christ is our all, as Paul wrote here. So in verse 9, we see, lie not one to another, seeing you put off the old man with his deeds. And I thought Sister Thorson, she really talked about that, that 12 years of age, she comes into the truth and putting off the old person with their deeds. Because, you know, we are in a new kingdom now. We've got Jesus and we are citizens of heaven, so to speak, and we're representing our heavenly country just as an ambassador represents their country in the, the country they're at. You know, like the Korean ambassador would uh, represent Korea to the United States. And when you're in the embassy, the Korean laws are what is in the embassy, even though it's in Washington, D.C., that type of thing, Iran, Iraq, whatever country it is. And so we're representatives of Jesus Christ here and our, our heavenly country and we're trying to show the world there's a better way i want to be salt and light so uh, in verse 10 and we put on the new man let's everybody say put on the new man the new man we're born again of water and spirit which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him so when we get the power of the holy ghost we get christ in us the hope of glory you know colossians 1 christ is in all and so we get the God of glory, the creator, comes to live on the inside of us. And, you know, we're Pentecostal, so we would believe the definition of Pentecostal is you believe that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the initial sign or the initial evidence is speaking with tongues. That's the official definition of Pentecostalism, you know, out in the theological world. And so people are like, you mean you speak with tongues when you get the Holy Ghost? My thing is, I'm shocked that's all you do. <laughs> I mean, because you've got the God. You go to Genesis chapter 1 when there's nothing. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth without form and void. You know, that God, that creator that created everything around us, that creator comes to live on the inside. So, yes, and our tongue is the most unruly member of our body, according to the book of James. I know nobody here would believe that. Hallelujah. But tongue's the most unruly member of their body. So God, the God of glory, kind of takes over that most unruly member. And so, you know, we talk about we speak with tongues. Actually, it's God speaking through us is what it is. And so we're renewed in the image of him that created him. And so just as Adam was in the garden, we still have a sinful nature. Adam didn't have a sinful nature. We have a sinful nature. But uh, we've got the God of glory living on the inside of us. And we're baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. And I'm very thankful. Somebody figured up one time and they said there was at least uh, 60 some odd things that happen at the new birth experience. You know, you're taken from darkness into light and you're made part of the bride of Christ and you're sanctified and you're justified and you're made holy and uh, your sins are washed away and you become a new creature and God comes to live on the inside of you have a new mind all these there's like 60 something somebody counted right at 70 or 71 actually things that happen at the new birth experience so we really are delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son and so it's such a, a wonderful joy to be a Christian now we still have a heart that beats we still have flesh we still eat we still have uh, needs and all that but there's a spiritual man on the inside and uh, we're supposed to let the god of glory shine through us you ever seen anybody i, I had somebody uh 
talking about they were watching one of our videos online. And they said, when we got to your video, we said, now that guy's apostolic. You can just tell sometimes, because not us, it's the God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful for God. <laughs> Amen. Without him, where would we be? Ooh, I shudder to think. Verse 11, but with him, hmm, we're seated in heavenly places. Amen. Verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bonder, nor free, but Christ is all in, in all. One of the fascinating things about Scythian is that's basically Ukraine. It's parts of Ukraine. And so it's talking about when you come to Jesus, we're all one in Jesus Christ. And uh, this, again, I mentioned it earlier, and, you know, I don't harp on this, but it is true. This reason there's no racism in the body of Christ. And this is one of those verses that talk about that. And it's talking about there's neither Jew, Greek, circumcision, or uncircumcision. None of those things matter. We just have to be sons and daughters of Almighty God. And that's the key. Bond or free. I've got a good friend of mine. He wrote an excellent testimonial book called LSD Lusion. LSD Lusion. And uh, he lived a horrific lifestyle. And he was addicted to LSD. And uh, on one of his LSD trips, he tried to kill at least three different people. And so he's in a Missouri jail for a long time. Well, he got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name. And he is on fire for God. Aren't you thankful God can take us from the guttermost to the uttermost? It's not so much about our past. It's about our present and our future. You know, Paul said Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And then Paul said, of whom I'm chief. I mean, he's acknowledging, he's supporting Stephen's death. It says uh, in another place in the book of Acts, when they were put to death. So it must have been more than Stephen. I was giving my assent. But God can take a, a Saul and turn him into a great apostle. There's no telling what God can do with our lives if we just wholeheartedly give ourselves to him. God, take me, use me. And that's what so much of the worship music was about today. So when you come to Jesus, Christ is all. Let's everybody say Christ is all. Christ is all, and he's also in all. And this is one reason that we want to please Jesus Christ. We don't want to sin. We don't want to do those things that please Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ himself, the God of glory that hung on a cross for us and took all of our sins, lives on the inside of us. Now, if we go just a little bit before in Colossians 3, 4, it says, when Christ, who is our life, Aren't you glad Jesus is our life? Amen. Christ who is our life. That word life in the Greek language is zoe. And it means life to the fullest, if you look at the definition of it. It's the fullest kind of life. Some people define it as the God kind of life. But it's when Christ, life is also mentioned in, in Greek as bios. That's just physical life. But this is a spiritual life. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And so there's going to come a day that... When we see him, we'll be like him, and we'll ever be with the Lord. And so this is the goal of the Christian. What we want is we want to be saved, we want our family saved, and we want the world saved. And so this is kind of, you know, the threefold mission. Make sure, make your calling and election sure. Let's get the family in the boat, and let's get the world in the boat. Hallelujah. And so this is what we want. This is the calling for the Christian. 
And there's going to come a day, and I don't know, nobody knows, uh, except God himself, when that day is. But there's going to come a day when we're caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And I'm going to tell you the way the world looks right now, I think that day is getting close. I think it is getting very close. We have artificial intelligence now, and even the world leaders are scared of artificial intelligence because they're like, this stuff could get out of control. I mean, because it's got basically the knowledge of the world on an algorithm at its, at its fingertips. You can say, AI, paint me a picture. Boom. It not only paints a picture, it's painting masterpieces. AI, write me a book. I think maybe students at IBC uh, may say, write me a term paper on sanctification. Well, there's things that you can run it through that tells if AI wrote it or not. So they do need to be cognizant of that. Now, Brother Joel's never done that because he's a great student. But there may be some others that have. And, uh, but it'll write. The point is, is it'll write a college term paper for you. And there's whole swaths of industry that they're saying newspaper men, journalists, they're saying they're no longer going to be needed because AI is going to be able to do their job. Um, there's a screenwriter strike going on in Hollywood right now. Thank God, hallelujah, I think that's a great thing. And, uh, but they're saying they may never come back because AI can just write a screenplay like that. And so, and it learns on the fly through algorithms and so it gets constantly, we're there at the sixth and seventh generation, and it constantly gets uh, bigger and bigger. But now, talking about the end time, uh, they're already saying, well, shouldn't we just get together and say, how should mankind live? And ask AI how mankind should live, and everybody submit to the dictates of AI? There's that. Then you had one of the most influential members uh, in the world, uh, influential people in the world, considered by some to be the smartest man in the world. He teaches over at Hebrew University. I won't mention his name. But he even said, you know, the Bible is full of errors. That's what he said. I've got, I'm thinking, well, i got about 1,600 podcasts on biblical archaeology today that it's not full of errors. But he says the Bible's full of errors. So we need to ask AI to write us a Bible that would benefit all of humanity. Oh, so it's, that's very, if you know your Bible, that's looking like things that are in the Bible in the end time. One world religion, one world government, and these type things. So we're already in the state of Utah recently. They uh, took King James Bibles out of the schools, middle schools and high schools, because they considered it hate speech. And so there's people, when you get to the book of Revelation, who are in heaven uh, because of the word of God. They, they died, the Bible says, because of the word of God, and the word of uh, their testimony, but because of the word of God. So the word of God is a very valuable thing. And so just grab it and memorize it. Um, there are Chinese people, I may have mentioned this last time I was here, that are memorizing the entire Bible just in case Bibles ever become outlawed. And so uh, I think Bible quizzing is a very good thing. We may have to get the Bible quizzers together sometime and say, let's, let's get going. So when Jesus appears, we'll appear with him in glory. And that's a glorious time. We will no longer, I was doing pest control at the church, Broke my ankle, didn't know it was broke, walked around on it for several weeks, and then they had to do foot surgery. It was a crazy thing, metal plates and all this. I'm getting better. I'm glad. But there's going to come a point in time 
when we see him, we'll be like, none of that's going to matter. Hallelujah. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We'll be in a glorified body. And I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. No more sin, no more temptation, no more frailty. And so 2.10 of the book of Colossians says this, And you're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So the missing part in every life is Jesus Christ. People say, well, if I could just get a home on Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe. Did you know how many people get homes on South Lake Tahoe and they're still not satisfied? If I could just see that sunset over South Lake Tahoe. If I could just see that one. Oh, if I could just be a billionaire and own my own island. Well, that's good. But did you know that won't satisfy you? Boy, if I could just get a Bugatti, I'd be satisfied. No. Newness would wear off maybe two or three days. Maybe longer than all of a sudden. Because we are hardwired not to be satisfied with anything but Jesus. And so people just work and work and work trying to find happiness, trying to find fulfillment. And some people with great intentions and fantastic motives. You know, how can we get water to everybody in Africa? I've got friends of mine right now that are in Uganda doing a water project. And how can we do this? How can we get rid of inequalities? How can we solve the homeless problem? Ask AI. No, I'm just joking. How can we solve the homeless problem? And uh, the thing is, is when people tell me, well, if you'll just do this, it will solve, you know, this problem. I'm like, you can't even solve the homeless problem. Solve that one, and then we'll work on some other problems, you know. But all of these problems, people have well intentions. But the only thing that lasts for eternity is Jesus Christ and what we do for Jesus and you have the words of eternal life through this book that you can share the glorious gospel with people. And you can change people's eternities. You can go to Harvard. You can go to Yale. You can go to Princeton, institutes of higher learning. You go to Cambridge. You go to Oxford. You go to the Sorbonne in Paris. You could go wherever. And did you know there, no matter what you learn, the best and the brightest genetic mental freaks and mutants that can just go into uh, post-calculus and uh, dynamics and all of these things. You can learn all that, and you learn it, and you still could have a heart attack and die. You still wouldn't be happy and satisfied. And when you die, you're still going to be judged at the great white throne judgment with what did you do about Jesus? With what did you do about Jesus? But you and I, from the youngest to the oldest here, we can share the love of God with somebody. And they can be born again of water and spirit. And their eternity can be changed. One of the big things millennials are doing now is they're spending enormous amounts of monies on trips. And they're getting this from the Internet that trips can change you. And go to trips. Now, I had the opportunity to go to Israel in 2010. I will say it was absolutely fantastic. I encourage anybody that uh, can go to Israel and has a good tour guide to do that. It is absolutely awesome. But if not, you'll be there soon enough if you live for Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it'll be much better. Jesus will be the tour guide. So it will be much better. But what millennials are doing so many of them not all millennials but many is they're going even into debt to go on these trips and they're going to the south pacific 
to Tahiti. And uh, they're there for six days. And uh, they see all this gorgeous of God's creation and all of these amazing things. And they get back and they realize and they take pictures and they look at it and they're on their iPad looking at it. And they realize they're not changed. They enjoyed it. They had a good time. And it was nice. But it's the difference between creation and the creator. God is so powerful. In verse 16 of Genesis 1, he spent five words. And he made the stars also. He made the stars also. He made the stars also. So the God that can create all of this at the Webb and the Hubble telescope and these near-earth observatories are seeing took him five words. How much can he satisfy your heart? How much can he satisfy your life? The world can't do it. Only Jesus. You are complete in Jesus. And he's the head. Say, oh, Jesus and the devil are in this epic battle. No, he triumphed over the devil. And uh, verse 15 of Colossians 2. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In Roman language, if you vanquished a tremendous enemy, they would send you through the streets of Rome and there would be an ovation. This is where we get the term ovation from. But now if it was a particularly bad enemy against Rome, they would have what's known as a triumph. And this is where they would take all of the enemy combatants, they would have them chained, and they would put them through the streets of Rome, and people would say, Rome triumphed. And so this is the language God uses here. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Whatever happened, and I'm not sure of every place that occurred, you know, he took the keys of death and hell, and how that happened, but all I know is, is Jesus at the resurrection said, we won, buddy. <laughs> and I'm glad that we've got the name of Jesus and the spirit of God. It says the devils know there's one God and they tremble. Hallelujah. When you get the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost of God in you, that one God. They're trembling at that one God on the inside of you. Why don't we just give glory to the Lord right now? God, I glorify you. I love you. So Christ is our all, and we are complete in him. I want to show us just a little bit about Jesus, what he did that few-year period that he was here ministering on earth in a human form. Now he ministers in the church. Luke 17, verse 11, came to pass as he went to Jerusalem. This is talking about Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Samaria people hated them. The Galileans, people thought they were stupid. And so, but this is where Jesus was raised in Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off, because that's what in Mosaic law you had to do. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Talking about Christ our all. And so these 10 lepers, nobody wouldn't have messed with the lepers, but I'm, I'm so grateful. Jesus, goes to the Mary Magdalene who had seven devils and said, you can be one of my disciples. That he hears a cry and goes across the Sea of Galilee to a guy that's filled with thousands of devils. 
and sees him cast out, sit, clothed, sitting in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. One touch with Jesus. One touch with Jesus. You're complete in him. Verse 14, and when he saw him, them, excuse me, he said to them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Now think about that faith. Just one phrase from Jesus. Just go your sh show yourself to the priest. As they're going, they're cleansed. No more leprosy. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Now this is one of those, what I would guess scholars call something along the lines of incidental acknowledgments of the deity of Jesus Christ, the fact that Jesus is God. Because with a loud voice, he glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet. Whose feet? God's feet. With a loud voice, he glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet. He's, it's obvious from the language that it's calling Jesus God. He fell down at God's feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So they were cleansed. What a miracle. But one Samaritan that nobody liked came back. And worshiped. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy fate, go thy way. Thy fate hath made thee whole. Leprosy does not cause body parts to fall off. What leprosy does is it deadens nerve endings. And then through the course of life, you'll get a, a nail in your boot. You can't feel. So then that infection is what causes various body parts to fall off. There's a tremendous book by the doctor of the last remaining leper colony. It's since closed in the Mississippi River, the last remaining milk, uh, leper colony in the United States by Dr. Paul Brand. And it's called uh, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. It's one of the greatest books I've ever read. He draws from a Christian perspective. It's absolutely fantastic. Talks about how... Uh, Jesus' church is likened to a body some 30 times in the New Testament. He almost got leprosy. He had deadening in all of this. And so this is the reason leprosy is a type of sin. Because sin deadens us to the blood flow. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, uh, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So leprosy is a type of sin. And so just over the course of, of living in life, eventually offenses come and you're cut off from the body of Christ. You're cut off from the body of Christ. But this person said, Jesus, I'm so grateful. There's great power in thanking Jesus for the wonderful things he's done. Count your blessings one by one because Ten were cleansed, but only one was made whole. Christ, who is our life. Christ, who is our all. Christ, who is all and in all. One God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in us all. Ephesians 4, 6. When you thank him, it helps our perspective to say, God, you're amazing. You're incredible. Thank you for the things you've done. And it goes on to say in verse 20, when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. 
God will order our steps if we will just live for Jesus. I got just a couple more scriptures, and it's our blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ is our all. This is, I, I want to encourage you today, church, just make Jesus your everything. Just make Jesus your everything. If you make Jesus your everything, everything's going to be all right. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. So Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it. Paul says, I hadn't made it quite yet. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, all my bad and even all my good, the good things that God had done through him, forgetting those things are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. The world is pressing towards the mark of the beast, but the church is pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I've got a made-up mind. Let your job glorify Jesus Christ. Let your family glorify Jesus Christ. Let your relationships glorify Jesus Christ. Let your time treasure glorify Jesus Christ. Let it be this one thing you do. I've got to make heaven. I've got to make heaven. Everything else is secondary. I've got to make heaven. I can make millions, but I've got to make heaven. I, I can put my uh, children in homes as well. Great, but I've got to make heaven. And I've got to make sure everybody else makes heaven around me as well. And so I've got to pray, and I've got to fast, and I've got to intercede, and I've got to talk to the Lord. I've got to be a great example, and I've got to serve, and I've got to let Jesus shine through me. Because this one thing I do, Christ is my all. He consumes my life. Hallelujah, why don't we just glorify the Lord if you want Jesus just to consume your life. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to God. In this last verse of Scripture, 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. Why don't we all stand? 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. Stand if you can. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. You and I have a relationship with the Father if we're born again. If you're not, grab it today because it's a free gift for you today. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Jesus rose from the grave. He was passing through walls taken up into heaven when he when we see him we'll be like him for we shall see him as he is so shall we ever be with the lord christ is our own he's all your strength he's all your love he's all your power he's all we need christ is our all throughout all eternity every pleasure at his right hand are pleasures forevermore the heightening of the emotions is something inexplicable we don't even know what we shall be but we do know i'm in the we know club we do know when he appears we'll be like 
Church, I want to encourage you today. Make Christ your own. Don't let other things creep in. Make Christ your own. You're here today and you're not born again of water and spirit. You haven't got that. You can get that today. You can repent of your sins and say, God, forgive me. I turn totally towards you. This good pastor can baptize you in the name of Jesus. God will give you the free gift of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost will come. Christ, our all and all. Let's everybody pray together. God, I glorify you. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for this incredible church. You've raised up in Placerville, Jesus. And I ask you to be miraculous things. Continue to miraculous things in Placerville. In Jesus' name, let there be incredible, unprecedented revival. In Jesus' name, in Placerville, Jesus. God, ever protect this pastor and these great saints, Lord Jesus Christ. Ever give them protection, blessings, and love. In the name of